Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris, I'm joined by Matt, and this is Season 3, Episode 1. This week we're going to find out all about the big news from Camp Vitriol, why Matt's been going goblin mode, and we'll be talking to the world's biggest Ben Folds fan. How you doing, Matt? Alright, yeah. I think I'm in goblin mode whenever I wake up in the morning, Chris. <laughs> Do you know what goblin mode is? I haven't had a clue, actually. It's, it sounds fun. It's me. It's meme-y. Uh, it's, there's lots of memes, and I see it all over social media. The official description on Google is... Oh, God, no, that's actually quite complicated. Goblin mode is a neologism for rejecting societal expectations and living in an unkempt, hedonistic manner without regards to self-image. Yeah, that's me. That's you all over, isn't it? Just found another one. Goblin mode is like when you wake up at 2am and shuffle into the kitchen wearing nothing but a long t-shirt to make a weird snack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh well. Why have you been going goblin mode? Because it's been Halloween and yeah, that's that's all I'll say for now. (laughs) Alright, alright, I'll I'll kick things off then with a, a couple of bits of news from Camp Vitriol. So the first piece of news, very exciting, is that my vitriol are going to be doing some gigs early next year very short gigs so they're supporting 100 reasons and they're the first act on and some says that they're planning on doing like a 35 minute set so it's not a lot of music but uh it's something and and i think that this was a last minute lineup change someone else was on the bill who couldn't make it and so my vitriol are friends with 100 reasons and they've stepped in to 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 fill the gap that's Um, nice yeah, but it's really exciting, I think, because there's there's probably quite a lot of crossover of fans. I think, you know, it's the same era and the same, not the same genre, but the same kind of alternative alternative scene from the early 2000s. So, yeah, I bet there's a lot of people who had tickets to go see 100 Reasons who are now psyched that my vitriol are going to be going. Mm, yeah, for, for those who haven't listened to much before to this, my vitriol are the greatest band of all time, according to Chris. That's right. Yeah, actually, yeah. If you've never listened to Superfancast before, welcome. Welcome to season three. Go back and listen to the first two seasons. Get to know me and Matt. Uh, we are all super fans. I'm a super fan of My Vitriol, and Matt is a super fan of Prince. And back to the important stuff. I have a ticket, so I'll be going to see them in March. And I've never been more excited for anything in my life. Really? Wow, fantastic. Yeah, so if you listen to the My Vitriol episode back in the beginning or end of season one, You'll know that I have seen my vitriol before, but I don't remember it. Uh, I I was young, and the only knowledge I have of the only reason, the only way I know that I've seen them is because I have a photo from the gig, but I don't actually remember it. Uh, So this one I'll hopefully remember, (laughs) and uh, yeah, super super excited by it. You sure the the photo is genuine? It hasn't been like doctored in any way. Definitely, the photo was from uh, V Festival in. 2001 or 2002 and i was definitely at the festival that year and in my photos from the festival one of the photos is a daytime set from my vitriol fairly close up as well it doesn't look like it was that busy and so i'm fairly close to the stage Uh, so i was i was definitely there definitely saw them saw them play i definitely knew a few songs by them because at that time i had the always your way single cd single with losing touch Mm. as the b-side so i definitely knew that song and, and loved it but i clearly didn't I hadn't fallen in love with them at that point where yeah, seeing seeing them live was gonna blow me away or anything. I was Yeah. I was still a stranger to it. Let's hope you remember this one. Let's hope so, yeah. Yeah, and then the other really exciting thing is there's a band called Silver Chord, who funnily enough I discovered Silver Chord because they started following us on Twitter. 
So they followed us on Twitter and I thought, oh, who's this band? So I looked at them and this band is uh, a guy called Will Miles and Ravi Kesavaram from My Vitriol. And I think Ravi's one of the most underrated drummers of all time. So obviously I'll listen to anything that Ravi's on. And I was not disappointed. And I'm also, I'm not going to hide the fact that that actually Ravi's not the star of the show here. Uh, this Will chap who has must have a history, but I can't find his history online. He's just amazing. He really is. His voice is just is mind-blowing. He's He sounds like three or four different vocalists on, on some of the tunes. And... Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's it's very creative, kind of theatrical, doomy rock. There's def there's definitely some tunes that remind me almost like Opeth. I mean, he really screams like he's possessed sometimes, and but then other tunes, he's got a really angelic approach. Like it's just it's crazy. But it's, it's a wild record. The record I've been listening to is called Auguries of Ruin, and I think it's fairly recent, possibly this year. Uh, I haven't actually looked at that. They had another album out three or four years ago, and I haven't listened to that yet. But, but yeah, Auguries of Ruin is amazing. De- check it out, Matt. You, I think you'll like it. That's a or cool you'll appreciate name for an it. Album. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the news from Camp Vitriol. And whilst I'm on the stage, I'll also take this opportunity to talk about I've been stuck in a bit of a early noughties Australian alternative rock rut recently. We've all been there, dude. <laughs> I know, right? It just seems to be loads of really good music came out of Australia around that time. And it, was, it wasn't it was even deliberate that I got stuck in that rut because some of these bands I didn't know were Australian, but it just seems that that was a really good time for music uh, in, in Australia uh, around sort of 2000 to... And maybe a little bit before 2000 as well because I've been listening to... I really like the album Sumo by the Super Jesus. And I think that oh, came yeah. out late 90s. That's a great record. And the follow-on record from that, I can't remember what it's called, again, by the, by the Super Jesus, is, is, a, is another really good album. And then there's this band called Killing Heidi. They had a uh, an album called Reflector, I think the record is called. It came out 2001, 2002-ish. And it's really good. It's it's very, it's quite quite pop-rocky, uh, Killing Heidi, but it's good, you know. It's, good. it's great, uh, catchy tunes. Uh, the singer's just got... Really good voice, real good projection on there, and can't help but love it, really. Yeah, Australia are an underrated country when it comes to music. They are a bit, aren't they? I'll tell you one band that I've just never got into, though, is Silverchair. I know that the Australians hold Silverchair up as, Mm. in that period, definitely, late 90s, early noughties. Silverchair seemed to be put on this massive pedestal, and they're probably the one band that came out of that period that I've just never managed to get into. Have you got into Silverchair at all? Well, as a kid, I did. I mean... uh... yeah. Secondary school, yeah, they just this, <laughs> this just this cool band with catchy songs and very attractive uh, lead singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daniel Johns, isn't it? Get lost in his eyes, yes. Yeah. So, w- would you be able to recommend an album, or is it too long ago? Oh, blimey, it was too long ago. I remember, I remember Frog Stomp, but that I'm not sure if that's like one I'd recommend. There's one that has a frog on the cover, isn't there? It must yeah, be that. but um. But yeah, I'll check out check out those other bands definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely check out Silver Cord. Uh, I strongly recommend that. What's been What's been going into your ears? <laughs> going into my ears. Um, well, first of all, I got to tell everybody I do have a bit of a cold, so that's why I might sound a little bit like Peter Steele. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse so, things to sound like. I think you sound sexy. 
Oh, bless you. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's, that's my disclaimer. Yeah, so it's it's just been Halloween a couple of days ago at this time of recording, and I, I'm mad on horror. I just love horror. So I thought I'd just do a little spotlight on soundtrack for a movie that's that's, that's absolute classic. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of any film ever. Uh, so this is uh, Suspiria, the movie by... Dario Argento, who's the he's like an Italian horror legend, and the soundtrack is by a band called Goblin. The question is first: Do they wear masks? They don't. They don't actually. Um, That would be cool if they did, but no, they seem pretty happy with with how they look. They're just going El Natural. (laughs) Um, So they are a (laughs) yeah. You would think they would have goblin masks on wouldn't you but no. yeah definitely I've, in my mind i'm picturing like a mortis or rob zombie yeah definitely definitely yeah but they started in early 70s so that wasn't really a thing in those mm. days so they are an italian prog rock band and they've done a lot of soundtracks especially with dario argento they they did the soundtrack to i believe it was dawn of the dead the original dawn of the dead but this is suspiria so i'm going to focus on that have you heard of this movie have you seen this movie? I haven't heard of it, and I haven't seen it. So, just a bit of background. So, Suspiria is a movie about an American girl who gets enrolled into a prestigious German dance academy. And there's a shadowy figure going around killing people in very freaky ways. And it turns out to be a base for Covered of Witches, who are trying to get up to some dodgy human sacrifices. So... The music is is it's incredibly famous because it is just so shocking. Like the the sound, it's just, it's really in your face. It's brash and absolutely bonkers. So the main theme, you know, it starts off with very Christmassy sparkles, a little bit like the Home Alone music, and then there's some creepy la 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 la, and then a booming tabla you know, hitting every now and again. They've got a tabla player in the band. It sounds very cool. It sounds very much like Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. And then it turns into like a funk rock version of the Doctor Who theme tune. And the, the soundtrack goes on into all sorts of interesting tangents. It's, it gets very King Crimson, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, that sort of thing. Lots of discordant squealing, relentless drumming and walls of sound. It's just It feels like a nightmare or it feels like you're in a dream and it's just slightly falling into a nightmare and uh the thing about the movie is that it's very beautifully shot and there's a lot of times when there's very little happening but the music accompanying it is it's so busy and so brash it's it's not what a lot of directors would have done i think a lot of directors would just keep something nice and quiet nice and calm and then hit you with a jump scare but this is just constant all the way through uh, and so I will be checking out Goblin a lot more in future. They are very talented, very eccentric, and prolific. Uh, yeah, so definitely check out the music for Suspiria if you want to have something a little bit creepy and a little bit eccentric, a little bit bonkers. Interesting. Yeah, it says it says on Wikipedia that Suspiria is the first in a, in a, in a trilogy of films, and the second in the trilogy is Inferno, came out in 1980. And funnily enough, you mentioned Emerson, Lake and Palmer as a as a, a similar sound, and the music for Inferno was done by Keith Emerson. Oh, how about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. There you go. There you go. Oh, interestingly, um, there was a remake of Suspiria, the the movie, uh, a few years ago, and 
Tom York did the soundtrack. Oh, cool. It's totally different. So I had a listen today, and the title track is very pretty piano, and his angelic voice is singing over the top, and it's it's honestly one of the happiest things he's ever written. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so strange. It's 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 completely different. So yeah, that's why I'm in goblin mode. <laughs> There's also a Norwegian thrash metal band called Suspiria, and a 90s UK gothic rock band. But there we go. That's that's a conversation for another day, isn't it? Yeah. On the subject of scary movies and their music, one of my favourite horror movies is is called It Follows, and I won't explain the story because it's 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 very strange. But you you got to watch it. Uh, the music is by a guy called Disaster Peace. So that's disaster and then peace as in like peace and harmony. I like uh, it. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, he's a very clever guy. He's done a lot of music for video games. So his music sounds like, sounds almost like pixelated, a little bit plinky plonky and lots of interesting synth voices, really interesting voices and uh, lots of atmospheric fuzz over the top. And yeah, uh, I definitely recommend checking out this soundtrack as well mental i'm loving the soundtracks i didn't get into the scary music this year last year i went a bit overboard on scary music and uh, scared the life out of myself so uh this year i made off it (laughs) yeah you really went into some dark places didn't you and that i went to some awful some awful places (laughs) yeah yeah i went easy um so on the complete other end of the spectrum shall we talk a little bit about ben folds yeah Ben Folds is a singer-songwriter, composer, and musician from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Ben began his journey with music at age nine when he started learning to play the piano. Then throughout his school years, he was a proficient pianist, bassist, and drummer, and he cycled through a number of different bands. Didn't didn't make a note of those. In fact, I didn't even know the names of all the bands he was in. He was, he was in a bunch of different bands. His first, uh, his first sort of notable project was Majosha, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. He formed that in around 88 when he was about 22 years old. Majosha released an EP and an LP before they broke up. Uh, he was playing bass in Majosha. He then spent four years playing in all sorts of different bands, mainly bass or drums. And I'm I'm probably going to piss off a bunch of Ben Folds fans by kind of implying that he didn't do anything worth mentioning in detail in this period because he was doing loads in that four-year period. He was um, he was a session drummer at some label and he was playing in a, in a, a bunch of decent bands as well, um, both bass and drums. And then in 1993, he formed uh, Ben Folds 5. No, the, not the Ben Folds 5. So don't fall into the Eurythmics trap. <laughs> and Benfold's Five formed in Chapel Hill, of all places, and mm-hmm. and right at the time that was 1993. So I think that was around the time Polvo were were kicking off as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Chapel Hill. That's uh, that's a pretty cool place to. Yeah, it was the place to be started. in the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely part of that Chapel Hill indie scene. I don't re- I don't recall seeing the name Benfold's Five when we did that episode, but no. um, he would have been part of that scene because it was definitely that time. I'm sure it was like. 91, 92 was when when Paul. Well, I might be remembering wrong, but I think it was around early 90s that they were they were really kicking off, and that scene was really going wild. Ben Folds Five released 
three studio albums on Caroline Records and 550 and saw a moderate commercial success. Not as much success as I was expecting based off their apparent following. You know, online they seem to have pretty solid following, but and also Ben seems to be a pretty famous character, but they didn't seem to do amazingly well. Wikipedia suggests that the UK was their one of their most successful markets, but I mean they never broke the top 20 in the UK. Mm. And one of those band names where it's like, oh, there's five of them, and actually there's only three of them. Yeah, it's very clever, very clever like that. <laughs> like, what a twist! <laughs> uh, ben then began his solo career in 2001. He has released five solo studio albums to date. He's also produced and written for others and released a number of collaborative records. He doesn't sleep, he, he seems to do so much. He has received some fairly mainstream recognition in the US. He does pop up in, in media and has received some some prestigious awards. He's got a star on the Nashville Music City Wall of, of Walk of Fame. He was a judge for four years on The Sing-Off, which I've never heard of, but it's an American singing contest for a cappella artists TV show. He played himself in a whole number of different movies and TV shows. So, you know, people obviously know who he is if he's playing himself in, in stuff. And the truth is, I don't think... I don't think I'd heard of Ben Folds before our superfan reached out to us. He's got quite a distinctive voice, and and when I hear his music, I do think, oh yeah, I've definitely heard this. I've definitely heard this guy's music before. I couldn't. I don't think I could name a song, but I've definitely heard his music. I'm, I'm fairly confident by the sound of his music, you know. But yeah, he's not. He's not made an. an imp- yeah, I don't know. He, he, I don't think he could have been that big in the UK. Or isn't, or presently, you know, isn't that big in the UK. I, I get a feeling he's got a much bigger following in the US. But yeah, that's that's my history with Ben Folds. I, I really didn't, I really didn't know his music at all. And and, and d- definitely didn't know his name. So, yeah. yeah. Similar for you? Yeah, similar. I, I knew his name. And I knew that he did some songs for the film Over the Hedge. <laughs> you know, the animated movie? with the album. <laughs> Yeah, you knew that. <laughs> But I didn't know very much uh, of barely anything, actually. I heard good things, though. I mean, like if you Google him, one of the things that comes up is, is Ben Folds a genius? I think he's pretty, yeah, I get the impression that in the in the music world, he's pretty well respected and, and is highly regarded. But yeah, but yeah, he's definitely, he's prolific. He seems to be releasing all sorts of stuff, not just under his name and not just like Ben Folds and Ben Folds 5. But, you know, he's producing for other artists. He's got a few obscure collaborative records. So, yeah, he's, he's constantly um, he's constantly creating. That's super cool. That's mm-hmm. great. So I spoke to Rob a few weeks ago, actually. It's a little while ago, this, this interview. I spoke to Rob a few weeks ago about his love, his adoration for Ben Folds. Let's have a wee listen. Excellent. Rob, welcome to Superfancast. You are with us today to discuss your fandom of Mr. Benjamin Scott Folds. So can you start by talking us through, if you remember, when you first heard Ben Folds? Well, you know how you get those bands and like when you hear from them, like you hear the first single from them and you think, yes, this is a band for me and away you go and you're with them forever. It didn't really happen like that with me with Ben Folds. So... I can remember buying Whatever and Ever Are Men, which was, the, I think, the second album. And it wouldn't have been too long after it came out. And I remember 
getting it. It would have been a, the back end of 1997 because I bought it for something to listen to in the car. And I just passed my driving test in like the September. So it would have been the back end of 1997. And I think I went to Andy's Records in Hereford and it was on like a free for two deal. So you buy two and then there's not really anything you like. But oh, I'll, I'll give that a go. And it was very different to other stuff I had. I was into at the time mm. and I it just sort of had it on in the car for a bit of a change. So at the time I was very heavily into, all right, we're talking 97, 98, but I was still very heavily into Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Sangard and all of that. And, you know, going to gigs every couple of weeks, going to see Therapy and the Wild Hearts. So uh, I was certainly on the the rock spectrum, if you like, rather than, I don't really know what you call Ben Folds, to be honest. But the, when I really got, switched on to him properly in 1999 there was a benefit album came out for kosovan refugees and it was called no boundaries um okay. and i bought it because there was two pearl jam songs on there and then there was this b-side that ben folds had put on there which was called never jacket and there was just something on there that jumped out to me and i went back and properly listened to his stuff again and went back a bit deeper and started diving then. So, yeah, probably 97, 98, I first got into him and then had a bit of a spell where he was just someone I listened to. Mm. And it wouldn't have been long after that that I kind of, once I listened to a bit more, I really started um, grabbing hold of it, if you like. I met my wife in 2004 over in New Zealand and it was Ben Folds and the Lemonheads, which were like the two artists or bands that we kind of, both mutually liked separately before we came together so it was definitely a sign and would you say you're at the peak of your fandom now has it increased over the years because yeah that's a long that's 25 years yeah 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 uh, I, it's like the more time i spend with his music the more time i just fall in love with it and it's really difficult to put into words other than it's just really good like what it is there's just something about it that really kind of grabs hold of me and keeps me there now yeah and is it all incarnations of Ben Folds? Because he's obviously, yes. you know, 97 was, I mean, my knowledge of Ben Folds is limited, but that 97 was pre his sort of solo years. It was still Ben Folds 5 at that time, was it? Yeah, all, all three of them, for those first three albums. And then about 2012, they got back together and came back with um, The Sound of the Life of the Mind, which is a exceptional record. And I don't really have favourites, but that may well be my favourite one. Oh, right. Whatever and Ever Are Men was definitely the the first one I bought, and that the big hits on that would have been Brick, which everyone knows, Song for the Dumped, and The Battle of Who Could Care Less. They were like the three big singles off of that. Um, but then if you go back to 95, the self-titled Ben Folds album came out, and that had like Jackson Cannery and Philosophy and Underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, and Boxing was a standout track on that one as well. The third one would have been the unauthorised biography of Reinhold Messner, which I find quite intriguing now because I'm a bit of a rock climber now. So, and you know, Reinhold Messner being one of the um, key alpinists of the last 50 or 60 years, it's um, funny how my favourite artist has uh, kind of put his name on one of yeah. his records. He started off as a drummer, as a percussionist. He went to university or college or whatever, music school, whatever you want to call it, as a percussionist. And it was only when it was kind of starting to write stuff that he started playing piano. And he says a lot of his stuff that, he writes now comes over like that he goes places because he's not 
he says himself he's not a great piano player, so he makes lots of mistakes and then just follows where those mistakes go. I love it when people who have made an, a, a career out of doing something, they say, I'm still not that great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, and I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit now, but for me, he is the greatest songwriter I've ever heard. Yeah, I think he's really, really special. And I find it really interesting that hardly anyone has heard of him, really. Like, certainly over here. And, like, none of my mates like him. You know, yeah. the the only people who I, I, I would class as super fans of, of Ben Folds that I know are me and my wife. Uh, he's ben... done some interesting collaborations. So, uh... yeah. So the the couple that I've I've noted down here, maybe you know some more interesting ones, was Lonely Avenue with Nick Hornby, which I couldn't really get my head yes. around. So what what's Lonely Avenue? So Lonely Avenue is a collaboration album, and it's um, basically Ben Folds and Nick Hornby collaborating. So um, I, when I first heard of it, I thought, oh, is that going to be Mr. Ben doing the lyrics and then uh, doing the music and then Nick Hornby providing lyrics they both turned out as a much more collaborative effort so um, Nick Hornby might have like you know an idea for a short story which he's then presented to Ben Folds and Ben Folds has turned that into a song instead oh right but there's there's some really really powerful stuff on there and it's quite difficult to work out who's done all the lyrics on each each bit because it is quite a collaboration but songs like Picture Window on that, I had that on earlier on in the living room and I was just weeping. Like, it's, it's a really powerful song. And you know how um, some songwriters are storytellers? Sure. And so, like, Bruce Springsteen will sing us a song and it's a story about the the guy's working hard and he's just got to get out of town. And we can all relate to that character. The way Ben Folds writes, it's like, you are that character. Yeah. So I listened to this song, Picture Window, and I am that mother in the hospital with my kid that he's singing about. And I'm in the kitchen uncontrollably weeping. Mm. And my wife's like, oh, saying to the kids, oh, what's wrong with, with, with your dad? And they're like, oh, he's just listening to Ben Folds. <laughs> they used to be. You know? Yeah. And then, the, But then the next song, I'm in fits of hysterics because, you know, you can just go from there to there. Um, yeah. Sorry, back to collaborations. Yeah, okay, so um, yeah, the, so, the um, acapella so done... album? Yeah, oh, that's amazing. So uh, the acapella album, it basically he started working with all these different university acapella groups, so think Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Um, and he goes around and um, he put this album together. He's not he doesn't, He's not on a lot of the stuff on the album, but he has worked with each of the different acapella groups that are featured on the album, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. There's um, On Fear of Pop, which is sort of... After he had a little bit bit of success with Ben Folds, he oh, Ben Folds Five, he kind of went, well, I'm just going to make something really weird. So on Fear of Pop, he's got a song he'd done with um, William Shatner. Yeah, I listened to a bit of Fear of Pop. I don't, I'm not sure if I got as far down as, as the track with William Shatner, but I listened to the yeah. first few tracks of Fear of Pop and I found it really, uh, I quite liked it. But it was, I mean, it's so yeah. different to, you know, when I was yeah. thinking, oh, I'll sit down and listen to some Ben Folds. That's that's the first album that appears when you search for him on Spotify. And so I listened to that and thought, this is not what I was <laughs> what yeah. I was signed up to be listening to. But I really liked it. The other collaboration that I'm really excited about um, and have been for probably about 15 years is is been a long term rumor that he's working on a collaboration with Neil Gaiman. Right. Okay. Which would be like one of my favourite comic book writers and Ben Folds coming together, that'd be really, really interesting. 
So similar thing to the, the like he did with Nick Hornby. I would imagine stories. so, yeah. But it's been like this these rumors have been kicking around for like 12, 15 years and nothing's like they just don't seem to be able to match up their diaries to get anything concrete sorted out. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed. Now uh, Neil Gaiman's got some Netflix money, he might be able to. <laughs> so when was the first time that you saw, or ha- have you seen Ben live? I've seen Ben Folds live once, and that was in the art centre in Basingstoke in about 2017, and it was on a Ben Folds and a piano tour. So it was right. literally just him and a piano, and it was absolutely everything I wanted it to be. Was it a fairly small event? Yeah, yeah, I reckon there's probably 200 people there, tops. And a lot of the thing is, a lot of them were kind of, you know, how you can, these art centers, you can buy, you buy like a pass and you just go along to whatever's on, you become yeah. a member or whatever. There's quite a lot of that in, in the audience. And like the people sat in front of us, like, like the woman was, you could see she had the like Ben Fold's Wikipedia page on her phone, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> waiting for him to come on. Who but, is um, this? Yeah, exactly. And um, what I really liked is like we were looking around um, in between the um, support act and then Ben coming on, like literally everyone had their phones out, like just playing on their phones. And I'm like, what kind of gig is this? Yeah. And um, apart from me and my wife, and we were just chatting and then we were the only ones that saw him stick his head out the corner, like out from behind the curtain to see what was going on. And I was like, oh, there he is, there he is, there he is. And like, every, and then, then, then he was gone. And then when he came out, the first song he did was phone in a pool which is about losing his mobile phone in a pool and having to live without it for a little while. <laughs> so I think he'd obviously stuck his head out the window and seen all these people buried in the phone and gone, right, this is the best song for this event. You know when some gigs you go to and it's like you can feel the drums hitting your chest as they're going along. Like I've seen Motorhead a few times and that's always really loud. And like the drums at a therapy gig are always really good, but they just sort of like... You can feel it hitting in your chest. Yeah. You got the same thing from Ben Folds, from him stomping on the stage while playing the piano. Brilliant. So much energy, like amazing, amazing. So I had a similar thing in about 2003. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff came and played. Uh, oh, right. In, okay. In Basildon. <laughs> and I was a big Jazzy Jeff fan. And uh, I was in the queue outside. He was playing at a, just a nightclub in Basildon in Essex. And uh, everyone in the night, everyone in the queue, was just talking about jazz from Fresh Prince. I was like, you guys don't realise this man is this man's a legend. And I think me and my mate Joe were the only people that had heard of Jazzy Jeff. Everyone else just thought he was the guy from the Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you push Ben Folds on all your family members? No, no. Um, we have it in the house here. Um, Sam listened to it for our podcast, Records and Bands, and mainly because he felt he had to. And then... Leon, who I grew up with, and he's been my best friend for 30 years, he never really got into him either. So I asked him to have a listen, and he didn't really get it. He said it's almost like it's too easy for him. So, mm. like, the art of songwriting is too easy for Ben Folds, is what he was getting at. And I mm. think he's got a point there. But. Uh, AnthemTalentAgency.com, they're sort of a, a middleman that sets up bookings for different artists, um, right. and they've got Ben Folds listed there. So, f- first off, the description for Ben Folds is as follows let's see if you agree with this or if this annoys you <laughs> it says ben folds is a singer songwriter who is well known for his eponymous band ben folds five his sound could be considered as a catchy blend of pop and indie rock and he managed to achieve mainstream success with a variety of spot-on singles in the vein of artists like dave matthews and coldplay have yeah. they ever listened to 
<laughs> ben Folds or Dave Matthews or Coldplay. It's like oh, I think it's is a that, bit cheeky. Do you think that might just be? That's like, so I think the lazy comparisons for Ben Folds are always like, you know, our generation's Elton John, and that's just because of the piano and the, you know, and the high energy shows and that. But personally, I think accurate comparisons should be made just on the songwriting. So more kind of if Lennon and McCartney are up there, then I feel Ben Folds should be held up there as well. Yeah, I, I also think that it's it's a bit cheeky to compare him to someone like Coldplay, who for a start has not been around for as long as Ben Folds. And also Coldplay as people are a brand, whereas I think what's important about Ben Folds is he, he is his music. Mm-hmm. People aren't following or listening to Ben Folds because of him as a person. They're following him because of his music. What I would say, so other, other bands that I really like, obviously, you know, Pearl Jam are up there. Um, yeah, we'll focus on Pearl Jam for a second. So as I see it, and you could probably put Foo Fighters in this bracket as well, that, like, like Dave Grohl is really, really good at writing Foo Fighters songs. Yeah. And the members of Pearl Jam, they go off and do their stuff, and then they'll come back together and make a Pearl Jam record. Whereas I feel that Ben Folds is always just going like, oh, I fancy doing this now, and then whatever it is, he comes out with. Do you know what I mean? He's very much... Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. He like doesn't a... really stick to a, a sound, but um, like almost like Neil Young in a way. Like like every Neil Young record is different to a certain extent now. Certainly nowadays, and Neil Young thinks his next record is going to be his best record, and I think Ben Folds is similar to that. Always looking forward in terms of his creation rather than looking backwards at what he's already done. Yeah. So, so Anthem Talent Agency, they have Ben Folds listed. I wonder if you can guess how much they put the range for booking Ben Folds. So if you want Ben to come sing at your, your wedding anniversary, how much in dollars do you think is, is their in range? Dollars. I reckon it's going to be something stupidly low, like five grand. Oh, no. It is it is big. It's 100 to 150,000. Is it? Bloody hell. Yeah, good. Because yeah. I, I, I went with that number because I know someone who had James come and play in their back garden. No way. Yeah, um, like they were, they were proper rich, like, and this was, but this would have been about, oh, 2012, 2013, something like that. And I think they were over to play at the Isle of Wight Festival. And then while they were there, this really rich bloke who I used to do some gardening work for basically said, oh, would you come and play for my wife's birthday? And Wow. Yeah, so knowing how much money he had and how much he paid me to do his garden, I've... Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe five grand might be about right, but yeah, no, that's good. Good on him, like. Yeah, yeah, good on him. So he's not he's not coming for you for your wedding anniversary then, though. No, and no. unless he'll do it for fifteen pound burger voucher. We all chip in. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna I was gonna ask, have you ever met him? But I guess if you've only seen him that one time in Basingstoke, yeah. did you manage to meet him there? No, no, no. I don't know if I would want to either, to be honest. Oh, I think really? I'd just it'll burst your bubble. I I'd, no, I just think I'd fanboy over fanboy all over him, and I think I'm weird. So. <laughs> it's like i don't know there's some people you meet and it's just um so I, i've met a few people i met nicky wire outside of accessorizing cardiff and that was all right um and i absolutely loved the manics at the time but that was all right it's just nicky wire but i think someone like ben folds where it's like i love his music so much and it means so much to me i just don't know if i'd be able to get the words out makes sense have you uh bought into memorabilia or have you you just got you just own the music no, just music, really. Um, I've m- bought my kids a keyboard to make sure they know how to play the piano where I don't. Yeah, so I, I, I'm a very, very bad guitar player, and I reckon my guitar playing be 
improved if I had actually learned to play the piano when I was younger. Yeah. But if my kids can then play Ben Fold songs on the on the keyboard, they're doing pretty well, I reckon. Yeah. No, it's a it's a noble move. Uh, I think. Um, one of the biggest things I think about Ben Folds for me is the lyrics, and there's a certain scale to Ben Folds lyrics. And normally, when you talk about the scale of stuff, you're talking about like how big stuff sounds and how anthemic stuff sounds. So, you know, you have the big catchy choruses and all the you know all, all the strings, but like where it's like like his he he does records he did make songs with like he goes on tour with like philharmonic orchestras and stuff so he does do all that big stuff but his lyrics are really really like insular almost really intimate i suppose is the right word yeah i think that's what gets me the most is that he writes about stuff that we know about so there's a line in gracie which he wrote for his daughter and um it goes like you nodded off in your arms watching tv i won't move you an inch even though my arm's asleep and we've got kids we've all been there you can put yourself in that position can't you and like um the song that made me go back and revisit him off that no boundaries when on leather jacket the lyric is basically about how you've got this relationship and it's really good and it's good it's not you know it might not be setting the world on fire it's not a big roller coaster of up and downs but it's good and then one day it isn't and sometimes like good things do kind of just go bad and that's okay whereas like other stuff around it's, it doesn't have to be the greatest love every time does it you know sometimes these things are with us for a while then he manages to convey that in his songs one of the best ones i think for me lyrically there's a song on sound of the life of the mind called on being frank and he's basically like the character in the story is frank sinatra's bagman or minder Okay. Um, so there's lyrics like um, for 30 years I set the thermostat the way Frank Sinatra liked it um, and it tells this lovely story of how um, he's always looked after Frank Sinatra and he's met all these big wigs and stuff And but now Frank Sinatra's passed away, what does he do with his life? But we've all been in relationships with like that haven't we where maybe, and not necessarily romantic relationships but the way that you know one part of it, you know, you, you get close to a bright shining light and then once that's gone out, how you know, how that relationship changes. So it's just little things like that that I really, really applaud. I think it's amazing. I just think he's yeah, something else when it comes yeah. to the songwriting. And arranging and composing. I mean, the last album he did, um, so there, was um they, they he did a collaboration with Y Music, which is like his little um instrumental group. And it was eight chamber pop songs. And then he did a concerto for piano and violin at the end. Wow. Here's eight pop songs and I'll just put the concerto out my ass for you. Yeah. I mean, he's just doing what he wants, isn't he? He's doing what, yeah. what feels right for him. Uh, and it just so happens that there's lots of people out there that, that it feels right for also. Yeah. I've got a bit of fun for you here. So I was trying to find another Ben Folds online. There doesn't seem to be any other Ben Folds out there other than the Ben Folds. But I did find a Gen Folds. And okay. uh, there's a Jen Folds who's a who's a blogger from the early noughties. I don't know if she's still blogging. And I've got some quotes here, and I wonder if you can tell me if this is a quote by Ben Folds or Jen Folds. Oh, my word. Go on. <laughs> now, I will say Jen Folds is a big Ben Folds fan because oh, her, her blog is called Jen Folds 5. Very good. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Number one is, this is the quote, I'm on Twitter now 
If you have it, hit me up. I try to be funny sometimes. That's probably something terrible that Ben would say. Uh, that's Jen. That's Jen all over. That's is Jen it? Folds. Yeah. Oh, okay. And oh, a, a little a little side note about Jen is her Twitter account. Uh, well, I I found it, and it's been suspended. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Oh right, okay. What, I don't know what she was doing on Twitter, but Elon didn't like it. Quote <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two is: "There is no greater sin than a that's what she said joke." Oh, but see, I've just binged The Office. Like the American office, and it's better than the Gervais office by a long way. Oh, but don't say that's that. what Oh, it is. <laughs> um, um, I'd say that's Ben. That is a Ben Folds quote. Yeah, yeah. he said that on Twitter in April 2021. Oh, and okay. no one replied to it or liked it, which is mind blowing considering he's got 780,000 followers on Twitter. See, I'm surprised he's got that many followers. See. It's a lot of followers, isn't it? Yeah, 780. Yeah. Yeah. But then, to be fair, like he does so much... I'm just going on a tangent. He does so much outside of his music as well. So, obviously, he's got his yeah. podcast, which is excellent. He's written books. He's, like, curator of the Kennedy Center for classical music and stuff. And he's working with, like, the, uh, like the Tennessee government or something to get in- musical instruments into schools for kids that wouldn't have them otherwise. So, he's always doing cool stuff he played at the white house for a, a for michelle obama and a group of mothers like you know mothers oh, of wow. veterans and stuff so like she invited him to the white house so really you would have thought yeah that probably is about the right number it's a lot of followers yeah and he tweets quite a lot he seems very active on twitter yeah um, well i bet i bet they're not as much fun as my 600 followers eh? well there you go well they do say yeah. once you go over ten thousand, you engage less so is that right okay what I've heard. That's what I keep telling myself. So. <laughs> um, so another quote. Here we are. I think my rock band drums are falling apart. This is disappointing because I just sent away for a new pedal. And not only that, I've been extremely careful with my drums and made an effort to play them pretty mildly. See, that's... Yeah, because Ben is a drummer. And when we saw him, they actually got... He got a little drum kit out and started just in the middle of Kate just started playing the drums for some reason. Like, But it's kind of like... So he went from playing the piano to then sort of sitting on a stool while playing a, still playing a bit of piano. And then he left the piano and picked up a cymbal. So he kept the, kept the music going. And then they built a drum kit around him. And then he had a bit of a drum solo, Mickey D style, and then went back to his piano again. So, And that's what makes Ben Folds or Gen Folds such an amazing game. It's almost as good as Carrot in a Box, isn't it? I'm going to say that's Jen Folds, so Jen Folds. This is Jen. Yeah, this is Jen yeah. in March 2008. She talks a lot about rock, but she's really into rock band. Yeah, because that, I think that was a giveaway. See, if you can actually play the drums, why would you play rock band? That's true. But I'm sure I'm sure there's musicians that play rock band. Drums are such a visceral thing, aren't they? They're like yes. an all-body experience. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, Jen went too hard and she did break yeah, the drums, but she continues. I mean, I've read quite a bit of Jen. Jen Folds' blog, and she does continue to talk about rock band, so she does still play rock band after that, but maybe she had a, a broken drum set. What, yeah. One more quote we've got, we'll finish on, on this. In retrospect, I don't recommend the wrist brace. Everything else I recommend. Also, Daryl's mum is cool as shit. Yeah, that's Ben. That's a Ben quote. Do you know which Daryl yeah. he's talking about? I don't know. Uh, he's talking about Daryl Hall. Uh, he was on Live at Daryl's house from Hall of Notes. Yeah. Yes, I remember. I watched that on YouTube. There you go. Ages ago, years ago, I watched that. What I would like to say is that Ben Fold's um, like lockdown sessions, if you were, were 
really really important to us at the time because it was like we were looking forward to the following saturday night you know we were obviously in lockdown and we were stuck in our little caravan um on the other way and didn't re- no no one knew what was happening and then ben folds crops up on youtube every saturday from his little apartment in adelaide which is probably bigger than my caravan i'm sure and just entertained us and it was like just that well if we can get through to saturday ben folds is on again and oh, he just awesome. did like just did a re- request show every saturday night and it was amazing um i think he did about 14 of them through that first lockdown we had for me especially those benfold sessions were really really good really important and helped us out like you know yeah so. So if, so if someone's listening who doesn't know Benfolds that much, uh, yeah. what what's a gateway for newcomers? What's the record you would um, recommend to a newcomer? I mean, the one with the big hits that you probably know is like Whatever and Ever Are Men from 97. And like I said, that's got Brick, which is probably his biggest single. But if you want a little bit of everything, I would say go with The Sound of the Life of the Mind, which was the 2012 Benfold 5 reunion album. Um, and then also get Benfold's A Retrospective, which is like, 60 tracks of all of his stuff up until about 2009 so there's there, there's a big massive box set you can get go with that have it all i've got to play this it's basically got every every single thing on it it's about 130 songs long and i just press shuffle on that and away i go awesome yeah well, appreciate your um appreciate taking a dive into uh, your fandom you're you're clearly incredibly passionate about ben folds which is awesome it's Thank it's you. really engaging to listen to you talk about Ben Folds, <laughs> which is which is the plan so that's thanks uh, that's thank you very perfectly. much yeah I it's funny I was saying to my wife before I come on like I just don't normally I find it really hard to find the words to express like just how he makes me feel but then looking at the clock I've just haven't done too badly Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. What a start to season three. Have you ever wept to an artist? I I don't think I have. I'm, I'm, I I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Oh. Where, you know, maybe it's an answer, isn't it? A, that is my answer, yeah. I just I just never got into that space where I've been able to do that. Maybe, maybe like boys to men or something. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about Michael Jackson? Does he never? If you've got him on loud, or mm. and uh, no one else is around, does he not bring a tear to your eye sometimes? Not really. I mean, really? the 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 more emotional songs I kind of skip. I'm more of a funky MJ fan. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I I would say um, I would never use the word weep. I've never wept to, <laughs> to an artist, but um, there are certain artists that do make my eyes water a bit uh michael jackson is definitely one of them uh there are some songs by michael jackson if i'm in the right headspace that he could he can definitely bring it here to the eye yeah there's um there's a song called smile by michael jackson that was on his history album uh that's quite emotional yeah um listen to me all all uh <laughs> all in tune with my feelings <laughs> quite emotional yeah that's quite emotional yeah go on then sam cook otis redding i think those guys yeah. can Oh, Otis Redding. Yeah, Otis Redding. The 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 thing that annoys me about Otis Redding, well, not about him, but about about people when they talk about him, is is they only seem to talk about, well, they they only seem to know about Dock of the Bay, which is a song that was released after he died. 
Oh, was it? I didn't even know it was released after he died. I mean, the, the songs that he released in his career are just some of the greatest soul songs you'll ever hear in your life. You know? Absolutely, yeah. People don't... I mean, you never hear it on the on the radio. Like, you never hear any other... Otis, in the in the UK, anyway, you never hear any other Otis Redding song except for Dock of the Bay. And it's like, this guy is a legend. Yeah. You know, where where is Where are all the classics? Yeah, he is a legend, yeah. And for me, it's like the emotion in his voice. Yeah, there's not many artists that have that same level of emotion in their in their voices as Otis yeah. Redding. He, um, yeah. yeah, he really feels every single word that he sings. As well as a, a huge horror fan, I am a big Japanese anime fan. And there is a animated version of Fritz Lang's Metropolis that came out in 2001. But there's a very famous, well, relatively famous scene in this movie, Metropolis, where the whole world is sort of basically crumbling around the main characters. And then, and there's no sound effects. It's just, it just starts playing I Can't Stop Loving You by Ray Charles. And that song with what's going on the screen, it's incredibly heart-wrenching. It's, mm. it's, it is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's it's been so many years since I've listened to Ray Charles because I feel that Ray Fever, after the um after the movie came out, kind of turned me off him a little bit, which is a bit of a shame because I'd mm. I'd listened to a lot of Ray Charles up until that point, and then it's annoying when that happens. Yeah, to a lesser extent than Otis Redding, but Ray Charles he doesn't get much um play in the UK anyway. You hear you hear the the mess around. And that's yeah, I guess you're right. Really. Yeah, I guess you're all right. his classics. But yeah, I'm ranting now. If you are new to uh, Superfancast, we also have a, a media platform at superfannews.net where you can submit your own articles. Currently redesigning the platform and hoping that that will be live by end of the year. But, uh, but you know, the current site is just as fantastic. So please get on there and start submitting your own reviews and your own articles and help build that community where we're putting the fans first, like Superfancast. We want to hear opinions from the fans. Not from the frauds. Not from the frauds. You've listened to Superfancast before, haven't you? Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> and you can you can reach us at superfannews.net as well. Fill out the contact form there if you want to be on an episode or if you just want to say hi. You can also find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook by searching for Superfancast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for joining us. Anything else from you, Matt? Well, I don't know. What, just in general, or <laughs> I don't know, is, there, is there anything you need to get off your chest before we say goodbye? Oh, can I talk about Mark Tremonti? There's <laughs> <laughs> a last-minute change to proceedings. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Tremonti, the guitarist for <laughs> Mark Tremonti, the guitarist for Creed and Alter Bridge. He's an incredible shred heavy guitarist uh, he's now singing sinatra frank sinatra so check him out and if, if you know creed and alter bridge and all that heavy rock you won't believe your ears because this guy sounds exactly like frank sinatra anyway that's but, me hang on so you've listened to it up. and does he does he genuinely yeah. sound like sinatra he genuinely sounds like frank sinatra it's like it's a very good Im- imitation so hang on he's he's doing sinatra covers and he sounds like sinatra yeah I don't yeah, get this. Yeah. I don't get that. So, as a creative person, he he's a creative person. So, what what yeah. what's what's he getting from this? And he's also uh, playing with former members of Sinatra's band. Yeah, I don't get it. 
He's like what's, what's, I don't know. what's the, I don't what's know the, what's the, what's the appeal to him? Because it's fun, but also, I, I mean, it's a bit weird because it's like Mark Tremonti. And, and I, when I saw it advertised, I, I almost thought it was a joke, like this can't be real. And I just listened to it and I thought, oh, it's really good. But the, the proceeds from this, it's, it's an album. It's going to the National Down Syndrome Society because, well, his, his daughter has Down Syndrome, so it's, it's an important charity for him. So, but yeah, it is, it is weird, isn't it? It's like, it's like when Phil Collins did a Motown album with, with like all the old Motown musicians and the techniques they used to use. And I don't know, yeah. it's, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, I just don't, but, I don't, I don't get what the, what, like, I don't know if you saw what Tyson Fury's got a single out. And I feel like Tyson uh, Fury is not uh, is not known for his creative pursuits, so it's fine. I, I get I get that more than I get Mark Tremonti doing Sinatra covers in the voice of Sinatra, because you're someone who has been a creator and you know is obviously getting something from that process in music. And also, who's who's if he sounds like Sinatra, who's then choosing to listen to Mark Tremonti instead of Sinatra? That's yeah, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. What have you done? Just, what have you done bringing this up? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's impressive, and I was pleasantly surprised. All right. I would, I would listen to Sinatra over Mark Tremonti. And I think, <laughs> Tre- I think Tremonti should do a bit of guitar playing at the same time as crooning. Yeah. I don't know, like, <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of shred over, uh, you know, Fly Me to the Moon. Be, I mean, it'll be cool. It'll be different. You know, it'll be a bit like a more heavy version of George Benson. You know bizarre thank you for joining us we uh, look forward to you joining us again in two weeks for our next episode stay safe everybody keep rocking and we will see you next time toodle pip <laughs> <laughs>